where the Barkany people call the Barker, ourself Barker Weembitches. That means we are come from the Darling River, and just on that, we treat the Barker as our mother. Like without the Barker, we are nothing, and it must stay healthy. And every tributary river that flows into it must stay healthy because they are the river veins of our mother, the Barker. Those veins must keep healthy and make other rivers stay healthy along with them. So that's just a rough thing how we feel. And also it's hard to try and keep the river healthy because of the irrigation and all that. Uncle, could you tell us for people who haven't seen it what the current state of the Murray-Darling Basin is? It's, uh, it's just shocking. It's disheartening. I'll be 72 in October and it's the first time i ever seen the Barker in a state like it is now. And what breaks our heart most is Burnda, that's what we call the big Murray Cod or Darling River Cod. Yesterday we went down to Menindee and, and to see him take the cod from the home and a lot of my old cousins and that was down on the river bank crying and even the fishery followed what was taking them. They was upset and they had tears in their eyes and it was a and they said, Look, we'll try and look we'll look after them and we'll make sure that they come home one day or their babies, the little fellows will come back. And to us that is to take something out of a river what the cod is really protected and when it's spawned you're not allowed to catch them to eat, you know, to get a feed because we respect them and we look after them. But the government people can take water and kill them and there's nothing done and that is shocking. And Uncle, can you maybe just describe, you talk about how this river is, is, is your, like your mother. When you were younger, what kind of a relationship did you have with it? We, with the river, it is, back then, it was like a supermarket to us back in the days when I was growing up because a lot of us, like me, I, was, I had fair skin and I was a target for stolen generation, but I was read on the river and said, don't go into town, stay on this side. And this was our supermarket. We went there, we got everything, and it really looked after us. I travelled up and down the river with my grandmother, dodging the welfare and that, and and go and meet other people in different tribes, you know, and all that. And they was good, they welcomed us there. But to see the state of the river now, it's just, it can't do anything anymore, even the little water spiders and other little things and there, they, they vanish and the river mussel is a big, healthy, big mussel and it's really thick, but that's dying and the skin is, the shell of the mussel is getting real brittle and nobody is doing any studies on it. And in towns like Menindi now, there are little kids down there where the fish are dying and these kids, they, they've got a shower in the water and they're breaking out in sores and everything. But there's no concern for those kids, you know. It's just very disheartening and our government is not listening. And now it's getting close to voting time. You'll get someone from a government come out. 
then the next knot will come out, then the next lot will come out. And they all saying, yes, we're going to do this. But when we ask them the question, are you going to make the barker flow, they'd look into it, you know. And and to, they just like, we just call them mirror people, you know. They're not going to give you an answer, but they would look into it. And it's just like looking in the mirror. It's just stupid how they're going on. You make a really important point there, Uncle. There's been a lot of focus on what the impact of the droughts been on farmers and not really much discussion at all or attention given to its impact on the Indigenous communities that have lived in those areas for 65,000 years. Beyond just what's happening with the river, what impact are you seeing out there? Really, really bad. One of the stupidest things they're saying, or sorry, is they'll come out from the cities and tell us you know, there's a drought on. We know that. We're living in a drought. Us black people are getting blacker from the sun because of the drought, and the white people are going black, and, and yet they've got to take to tell us about a drought. Then they'll come along and say, oh, the Menindee Lakes, you've got evaporation, this evaporation, that. We know that, but they're not telling us that evaporation does make rain, you know, and, and they're not listening to their scientists they just come out, they want to do more work on the Minindy Lakes and we say, no, leave it alone because there is a native title over it and we want to make sure that the barker have water in it before they do anything else and, and make more infrastructures which is going to take more water away. And, yeah, but what they do is they'll get a map and look at a piece of paper and put a couple of marks and say, yes, we can do this, yes, we can do that. Well, from now on, us Barkindy people and uh, other people around us, like Aboriginal people, we got to say in how our country should be managed, but then they will come up with a plan and say, this is what we're going to do, and then we don't see them again. We'd say, no, we want this and we want that, and we don't see them again. The thing with the Barker is they got this thing what they, they buy in this water back and they're sending some down, they're calling it, environmental water to me that is shut up water now you see it now you don't but you know we got our native title back in 2015 then in that 2015 and just before that they started taking water out the barker so what we really need us aboriginal people and we are entitled to it and i'm saying all aboriginal people got to be entitled to cultural water, all Aboriginal people, not just us Barkany people. So if we have the shut-up water coming down, then we get our cultural water coming down. We can store our cultural water at the Menindee Lakes and try and solve some of the problem, what's going on, and that stuff will be stored there in a wetland managed by us then if someone needs some water, we got it to help go down. If it worked that way with our, the environmental water going through, there'd be water stored for South Australia to flash the mouth of the Murray out and there will be the Barker cultural water, what we will manage. If we do that, the river, and like I talked about before, the river is our mother, if we can get this done, then the veins of the river will stay wet and they will start pumping a healthy 
environment for us. That's the only way we can make it work. You lay out a very clear, thoughtful plan that understands the environment very deeply and yet you um, also make the reflection that governments aren't listening to Aboriginal people. What would you like to say to the governments? What I'd like to say to the government, give us our cultural water. We are entitled to compensation of what they've done with Tanda and all that. If we got that compensation, some of that could be that water water back in the barker, then that way Aboriginal people will be healthy again. Our crime rate, our crime rate around towns like Menindi, Wilcannia, Burke, Walgett, right up there, soon as the water go out of the river, the crime rate go up. Soon as it's back in, the crime rate go down. I had some of the sisters from up that way the other day from around the Walgett area sitting down with the interview and she was crying. I sat here in Broken and I cried with her because I could feel her frustrations. If the people, this the government people, they got to listen to Aboriginal people and other people what live along the Barker because we all got our culture, our heritage in different sense but sometimes it mixes up. If we can get that bark flowing, everyone will be healthy. And the next thing I'd like to say, Western New South Wales, from Burke right down to Wentworth, that's our country, that's Barkindy country. And in that part of that country, and that part was developed from the sheep and the bullocks back, not from cotton. And I don't mind people growing fruit and, you know, and trying to make a living like that. We can eat fruit. We can't eat cotton, and the cotton people, they doing what the government is letting them do. And when I say that, I mean the government is not making them have proper meters on their pump. They are just letting them have open slither because there's a lot of money in that cotton for them. Where us people what live from Burke down, what's there depending on just a bit of fruit around Menindi and that, and, and down past Menindi, they don't care about us. They don't care what colour you are. All they care about is our votes. When it's voting time, they will all come out and they will tell us this and tell us that. Then after that, we don't see them again. Uncle, you talk about the huge strain this has on, on elders who have the cultural responsibility for the river and the land and the transmission of culture and you've also spoken about its impact on young people from the impact of being in the water and getting sores or rashes Mm. and also the correlation with the crime rates. It's obviously having a big impact on the communities. How are the elders keeping people strong? It's really hard. Some of our elders... And, and I see them in you know, a black and white, they just give up and we just, they just pass away. Our young people, they're committing suicide and even at a town like Broken Hill, it's 100 k's from Menindi. Here, you see them walking around here and, and they make you sorry, they're like zombies, they're on drugs and all that because there's nothing for them to do. And it's 100 k's away from the barker. Then what the government done last year to top it off and say how stupid it was, 
we got a pipeline from Menindi to Broken Hill, which is 100 k's of the crow flies. So what they do now, our smart government, they let the water flow past the Menindi, down to Barker, flow past Menindi, go down to Wentworth, which is 300 k's away from Broken Hill, then they put a pipeline in for about $50 million or something, and it's a uh, post supply Broken Hill, Broken Hill. And they pump it from the Murray. How can us Barkindy people, other people, practice our do our cultural practices in a pipe? We can't, and that's what we keep telling them. And since that pipeline in here, people are just getting worse on drugs and that. And I don't blame them. You know, they, they make us sorry because they got nowhere to go. And to prove the point then that this pipeline is not going to work, it don't get started until. April this year, and now our water supply in Menindi is just about run out, and so it proved that they are not going to let the Barker flow. They're going to pump the Murray dry, and in about 12 or 18 months, they're going to kill the Murray. It will happen. Mm. In all of that, Uncle, you've been a great advocate for the Barkindji people and Aboriginal people. Generally, how do you stay strong? It's just that when I see the young kids, sorry, I'm just about ready to cry, but when I see the young kids and walk up and say, how you going, and thank you, that makes me stronger, okay? And I'm sorry for breaking up about that, but it's the kids and the old people, and they just make me strong, but I've got to keep on doing it.